Say you and me take a walk over to the tavern. Let's pull up a chair. A little something to eat. <laughs> Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. Come on, Johnny. What are we waiting for? This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips, and chit chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. Disney. Too long I've been parched of thirst and unable to quench it. <laughs> well, hey everybody, welcome back to the Mouse and Castle podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad to have you back. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Uh, it's been a hot second, but I'm glad to be back. Ringing in, ringing in the season. Now I'm thinking of that Frozen Christmas special. Uh, I can't. My audio will, for some reason, I, I will actually, I will get my crap together at some point here with with the whole audio setup and say, it's a, let's let's get him in though. It's Mr. Aaron Goins. I've gotten so rusty. <laughs> You're glitching like Penelope. I, I know, right? What is happening? Uh, but welcome to back to Mouse and Castle. I, I feel like this is appropriate. This is the return. This is um, this is how it's going to be, guys. This is what happens when you go away from podcasting for a little bit. You know, you're a little bit rusty. I I've forgotten how to Disney and all my Star Warsing. <laughs> um, yeah. Guess what, guess what kind of drink I ordered at the Mouse and Castle tonight? Oh, what, what was that? A coffee. Oh, yeah. See, I don't blame you. Yeah. I um. We do serve coffee that's... at the Mouse and Castle, and I'm I'm drinking it out of my. Uh, I guess now you could call vintage Disney Animal Kingdom Starbucks mug. Oh, nice! Because it's of the, it's from the first run. Because mm. they've done like so many versions of the Starbucks mug. Did oh, you yeah? ever collect any of those? No, I can't say I, I have. Which is funny because I collect coffee mugs now at this point, but I've never done the Starbucks one specifically. Yeah, the Starbucks ones at the parks because it was a kind of a cool thing because they eventually got a Starbucks at each of the Disney parks mm. in the U.S. The six parks, and yep. so each park had their own coffee mug. Yeah, that you could collect. And so I had this, like, I was like, I got to get them all. So I, one year I went around to all the parks and got all six. And mm. then pretty soon after that, they did a, like a version two and a version three. And now there's been a ton of different versions um, of these mugs. But I had the original six. Oh. And then my son broke the Hollywood Studios one. <gasps> oh, no. Well. So now I have five of the original six. <laughs> eBay? Nasta. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go broke. I've checked. They're expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, man. It's been um, like I say, it's been a hot second since we've done uh, Mouse and Castle. But I'm glad to be uh, back in uh, back at it and back at 2020. It's a big year for Disney stuff, although not a lot of news recently. There's not like a lot of breaking. There's no gondolas breaking down. There's no. <laughs> That's actually, if you want to talk about the news story, we stretched out the most in 2019. It's got to be the gondola. It was it was valid valid news, <laughs> but we've actually been on it. But there's um I I I tweeted out like two weeks ago before you know in the middle of all the holidays hitting, which is one of the reasons it was difficult to schedule. Um, but I tweeted out the next episode of the Mouse and Castle is just going to be me and Aaron fighting about Frozen two, and I can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
We haven't. I know because Frozen Two came out mm. what like late November, right? <laughs> the review you've been waiting two months for. <laughs> yeah, it's like so we we have not talked about this movie yet. No, but I, we're about we've to. seen it. We we did the preliminary sort of texts and impressions, and I got out of the and, movie. Yeah, and I loved it. You got out of yeah. the movie and I got out of the movie and I I wasn't blown away mm-hmm. the way I would like to be by mm. a new Disney animated film. I see. I recall That's you That's a nice were, way to put it. I would say yeah, I you're 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 reflecting kindly upon your I don't have your text pull, pulled up, but you were definitely a little disappointed walking out of that movie when you texted me. I was. Me. I was definitely disappointed. Um but since then mm. I have seen it again. Yesterday, and right? It has has changed my my harshness. The crit, the criticism, the harshness of my criticism is has been uh, softened a little bit. Mm, I gotcha. It's and I think and listening to the music a lot has mm, helped too. Gotcha. You know? I wasn't sure if you if if any of the songs had been become kind of earworms and part of your you know Spotify playlists, uh, or if 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 not. Um, so that makes yeah, my daughter. So my daughter is a big frozen fan okay and she's 10 and so we play a lot of frozen music we actually have a frozen playlist that comes up on my apple music mm. not spotify um well. <laughs> i wish we were sponsored by one of them right <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so we have this this frozen music playlist to the point of it actually has the songs from the shorts you know the, the uh, christmas mm-hmm. the christmas yeah. short they did frozen's olaf or uh, olaf's frozen adventure yes. is that what it was called olaf's frozen adventure get it right and then there was the yeah, and then what was the one where they they did the uh, birthday little short for when it was Anna's birthday? Oh, I have no idea. That one? I don't remember that one. I have to admit There's a that. song in that one too. So like we have all the I have all the music, not just from the movies, but from the shorts. Hmm. Um, yeah, playing like on rotation, pretty much. So the new songs got added to that rotation, and even though I left the movie initially thinking uh the songs weren't as strong as the first soundtrack and the movie wasn't as good as the first movie i was kind of down on it but then i kind of listened to the music over and over and kind of it re you know kind of put the story back in my head and i was reliving some of the scenes and i'm like oh maybe it wasn't that bad you know maybe i actually do like this music to the point now where i'm really enjoying almost the entire soundtrack there's one song that's horrible i know and i think it's like my favorite one no, I think it is. I think if I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, the, it can't be your favorite song. I will I will disown you as a Disney friend. <laughs> is it is it the um is it the '80s rock ballad? Is it? Uh, no, I I like that song. Dang it! Uh oh, where is it? Uh, one I, I don't like. like that song in a, in the movie, but I like the song. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, my fiance Savannah like is, chiming, is chiming in from the background, and she does agree with me that it's the lamest one. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, it. Uh, well, let's. How do we want to do this? I actually. So wait, that's that's what you say is the lamest. Yes, easily. Yeah. No, sorry. Okay. That's the correct answer. You but, like that song, or you like that song less than than the Olaf song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I need to pull Which, up the soundtrack I want, so I have the title. So, so yeah, and I have the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack pulled up here because I want to know like. This is, might be Aaron's most hated Disney song of all time, and I want to actually kind of stew in that hatred. Uh, Are you going to make me listen to it in just a minute? No, of course not. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but before we do, I feel like uh, we'll, let's talk about the actual plot of the film up front, and then we'll kind of feed in the music where it fits in. Because Frozen Two is a much more uh, 
involved plot. Frozen, the first Frozen, I mean, the, there's a little kind of cute plot twist at the end. Oh, true love between siblings, because family loves each other, yay. You know, it's sweet. It's, it's like, you know, a little turned on. It's a simple movie. It's, the first one is a very simple fairy tale movie, which is what yes. Disney made. Like, that's what their Disney fairy tale movies have always been. Yes. Uh, they haven't been complex plots. The the strength and weaknesses of this film come from it attempting to accomplish a lot more. I think both the best parts and the worst parts of Frozen 2 come from it attempting to be more, more, much more than that. Because, like... The there were a more more complex, interesting uh, character interactions and motivations, and you know history and lore within the um, within the universe. Also, an entire subplot about colonialism and you know the uh, and and forgotten cultures and and conflict born of uh, prejudice. You know, it's a very uh, yeah, there's a lot more to this. This they were trying to be a little more Tolkien. Um, yeah, they were trying to turn what was initially meant to be a single simple fairy tale movie into a epic saga. Mm, yeah. And they're setting the groundwork for it initially. Like I think as well as this movie's done, oh, um, yeah. that I wouldn't be surprised if we get a third part of this. Oh, you know, of course. Story. Yeah. But the, the big part of the, the film kind of starts out with, um, well, a a lullaby, and we get this flashback to uh, their parents, and it's Evan Rachel Woods. All is found. Where the north wind meets the sea, there's a river. And that's where the first, I think, the real through line of the film, water has memories. Sort of like a a, a a deeper magic to steal a C.S. Lewis term, um, the idea that uh, there's more to the to Arendelle's past and her parents and family's past than we know, and that's introduced right off the bat with "All Is Found." The plot of the movie mm. is in that song. That's true. You know, where a lot of kind of what is going to happen with. Um, with Elsa and kind of going on her journey and, you know, going too far at, at one point and all of that is in that kind of little lullaby, which is really smart. I, mm. it's actually something I didn't really pick up on until mm. re listening to the soundtrack, but yeah. initially in the movie and I'll give myself a little bit of an excuse. I was sitting next to a seven year old when I watched <laughs> it the first time. It's a little bit different of a viewing experience, you know, cause I'm, he's asking me questions and I'm kind of having to pay attention to what he's doing and stuff. Mm. So I can't really watch the movie, um, and kind of really focus on a lot of the detail. Yes. So you're not like I noticing the, the lyrics of dive down deep until you're found, but not too far. You will drown. like, Oh, and then like an hour and a half later, Oh yeah, that's the lyrics. That's what's happening. You know? Yeah. Right. But I really like that. And I think that's what they did with this movie is they made it. So you do have to kind of, really you know rewatch it and kind of take it in on a deeper level because it's not a surface movie at all yeah. by any means like the first one was no and um and it gets a little convoluted at times because of that but uh i'm okay with that i i think it the i think it's much more success than failure when it comes to its attempts to uh 
be just much more mythological in its storytelling because you just even the this all is found it's it's and of course i'm the music guy like i nerd out about all this stuff but there's so much to the um the the music that makes this lore uh and i think that's why it, why it works so well for me is the musical connection because we um throughout pretty much the entire film we have the element of uh, a distant call, a voice, and Aaron, per- permit me just to say, I promise not to not to dive down too deep, pun intended, into this little sidetrack. But the the call is one of the it's probably the oldest known musical theme, um, and it's an ancient religious uh, music going back to the Gregorian era. Um, and through, through the Catholic Church, all the way through classical music, the Romantic era, and that is Dies Irae, or death. It's the uh, or death coming, and so that's the da 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 dum. So it's four notes, really simple, really simple. But it's um, it's through all kinds of music. It's in Star Wars all the time. It's in Lord of the Rings. Everybody, every, it's the universal shorthand uh, for for death or for mystery or for the unknown into the unknown kind of but the they use it brilliantly through the movie because it's used in a major key minor key it's used to tell these little notes are infused into almost all of the songs um and i just love the way that it builds through the movie because really the movie is contrasting fear of the unknown and discovering your potential right but not forgetting who you are and who brought you here it's that balance of your family your home uh, what made you who you are, but at the same time, who are you meant to be and what are you meant to do? And that's told, it's very much, this is Elsa's movie in that way. Yeah, you're getting way too deep into the music stuff for me. <laughs> but well, but like, <laughs> would, would you agree with the, at least the Elsa moment? Because I, I feel like this is so even more so Elsa's movie even than the first film. Because in the first film, there's the big number, right? You know, let it go. But we don't really see a lot of Elsa or her motivation and don't really know that much about her as a character by the time that number comes. It kind of comes out of nowhere uh, in some ways in the first film. But this film really builds up Elsa's um, uh, call to destiny, but at the same time not forgetting who she is. Yeah, and this movie has the advantage of building on what came before, Yes. You know, you didn't have to have, you know, the first movie was her backstory. They're actually rewatched some of the first movie today and even the kind of early scenes with the trolls and kind of talking about her powers that she needs to be careful because the powers can consume her mm-hmm. and she needs to be able to learn how to control them and kind of like what her destiny is, is all they talk about all of that right in the first movie. And I don't know that they ever intended that there was going to be any more movies but it definitely helps set up kind of where, where the second movie went with her as a character and in her growth. She went from, you know, because she, she discovers she has this power in the first movie. But really, mm-hmm. that was just scratching the surface of really what her power was. Yes, yes. Um, and, and like, uh, and, and she's sort of, it's a tough thing in terms of storytelling of like, what do you do now? She's discovered her power, right? She's... Uh, let it go. She's, it's she's become this, you know, once repressed but now completely liberated uh, queen of this Nordic kingdom, and so the movie kind of has to zoom back in for a second to like capture the 
you know, family and friends part. And that is the part of the movie that's still is that's still quaint, that's still kind of like the first film before they kind of go off into the epic uh, demon horse Lord of the Rings direction. They do kind of start uh setting up the um you know, the the hometown parts that we all love and that uh, you know, Kristen Bell Anna is singing about in like some things never change, which is always I, I actually like this. This is more of a feel good fun number. Yes, the wind- colder and we're all getting older and the clouds are moving on with every autumn breeze peter pumpkin just became fertilizer and my leaves a little sadder and wiser that's why i rely on certain certainties yes so what do you think of anna anna in this movie um she she there's the phrase like i'm holding on tight to you and it's it's kind of cheerful in the song but in some ways i think it's pointing that she's still kind of clinging to maybe clinging tight to uh safety i i've always liked her character much more than i've like elsa Mm, okay um i like kind of that cheery optimism that she has and how and really she is the if you really because you were saying it's Elsa's story I think it's at least as much Anna's story as it oh. is Elsa's story especially in the second movie oh okay and I think that Anna is core so much to the story in that she's the one who ends up saving Elsa in both movies that is true um, and I think that kind of that powerful relationship between them but also how they're really they're polar opposites hmm. personality wise how they complement each other and their strong love for each other is really what drives kind of the the plot forward yeah so yeah i I think i enjoy watching her character i think and even just Kristen bell um the way she does the voice Mm. i prefer much more than uh elsa so i just i like that character much more you know that's fair i i do like on i like them maybe about equally although i have to say i was watch- when i was watching it with my fiance savannah there's in this moment in the song we're actually almost to it there's you know they're all cheerfully talking about you know how you know chris uh, christoph loves anna and she loves her home and then we uh, the the whole song changes right here spend the pressure is all on you Right here, like in the movie, the first time I watched it, Savannah looks over at me. He's like, "Oh, she's so dramatic." <laughs> yeah, that's it. it's exactly what I was just thinking in my head. Oh, here comes the drama, you know. Um, yeah, and I prefer. I I just kind of like, I feel happy when I see Anna talking and singing, and even just the her voice when she sings is just that lighter mm-hmm. kind of sound. And Elsa's just got that kind of operatic voice, and that's true. It's almost to a point of annoyance in some ways. Which they kind of play off of in a, in later in the movie where she sees herself singing Let It Go. <laughs> that was a great moment. And she kind of like cringes a little bit. And it's like, yeah, we've all heard that song so many times that we all kind of cringe now when it kind of yeah. pops up. So It's a nice touch. Um, I thought that was funny. It's yeah. a little kind of like a sly acknowledgement that, you know, <laughs> we know <you're, laughs> that song's been stuck in your freaking head for the last five years. Can we talk? Because you you kind of talked about the the lullaby, mm, yeah, and you know based on revelations and things that we find out later in the movie, can we just talk about the inconsistency in the parents and how in the first movie they were like really bad parents, and in the second movie somehow they kind of redeemed them and say, oh look, they actually knew about these powers and they kind of 
Yeah, you're gonna have to remind me. Like, break down what you saw as the 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 breakdown between the two. Well, I think the big difference is in the first movie they are uh they fear her powers. Mm, yeah, and they lock her up and say basically you can't have access to the outside world. You can't even your sister can't even know about your powers. You know because of what she accidentally did to Anna. Mm. Um, whereas the, that type of a reaction, that shocked reaction, you know, and kind of like, Oh no, you did this and we have to like, you know, shut down what, what's going on with your powers Mm. based on the revelations that happened in the second movie. And the fact that her mom was very aware in being part of that culture of the magic and being very Mm. accepting of the magic, it does not line up like at all. That's fair. The way her parents are in the first movie just doesn't make sense for what we see in the second movie. Hmm. It makes a lot of sense for Elsa's journey. Doesn't make sense as far as the character motivation. That's that's a good point. You know, it's something that I hadn't thought about, but it's been so long since I've seen the first movie. It's a bit of retconning, and I think most people would probably have the same reaction, where it's like it's been long enough since they really saw the first one, or they didn't really pay attention uh, to that part of it because mm. it's not that important. That yeah. they'd kind of just give it a pass and say, oh, you know, the parents were actually nice all along. You mm. know, yeah. But they um, did lock her up, you know. <laughs> that is true. They that is the true. doors were closed. Um, there was a whole song about them opening the gates, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's a, that's an interesting point because I think um, I I like this version of her parents much more, obviously. But and I really like probably one of the most more moving moments of the movie is when we kind of see how they've been. What's the how how much they've been affected by. Elsa and you know that moment where we see their fate their ultimate fate and she discovers it and that they were trying to help her and that's why they'd left yeah. like that that that's very powerful but you're right maybe a little inconsistent with the first movie um, yeah but I mean it's a side effect of you know you make that movie when you make that first movie you're not thinking this is a series this is just a standalone I mean they've never done this before they've never created with the intent, they've never created a Disney fairy tale movie with the intention of it being more than just one movie. Hmm. And and I don't think they created Frozen with the intention of it being more than one. It was a success beyond anything that they ever expected, and that's what led to the sequel. Um, I don't. I do hope this doesn't become the norm. And I I kind of hope they don't make a third one. I think they will, but it is kind of it changes the dynamic of what these movies have been. Mm. And it just, I guess, depends on what type of a fan you are and what you want to see when they make these these movies. Yeah. And do you want them to be kind of, you know, standalone, original, not original, but kind of Disney's take on these fairy tales? Um, or do you want them to start trying to create these kind of more Which, uh, franchise type if you stories? Asked, like, if, you, if you asked me in the abstract, um, my answer would, of course, be no. Forget the franchise. I want interesting original films. Like most of my favorite Disney movies recently are, are these one films. You know, Moana, um, Big Hero Six. Th- those sorts of really well done films that you know weren't meant to have a sequel. But like, if you ask me, do I want to see what they would do with Frozen Three? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's I'm, the thing. That's know, the. That is the. I love all these characters uh, in this universe. I want to see more. Yeah. Yeah, it's a conundrum because they've created such great characters that you want to see them again. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn because part of me is like, I'd rather them not continue to kind of drag this thing out because as much as we want to think like, Oh yeah, this is just storytellers telling a story. It's also a part of it is purely a money grab. 
hmm. you know, if we're being honest, because they know that these characters sell and they would be stupid not to make more movies. So, yeah, but I think in this case, in Frozen 2, they did that. They threaded that well. They took, what, five years, right? Yeah. Six years? Something like that. A long. They took a long time to develop this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it, you're right, though. It is It is a conundrum uh, between the between the two. We already kind of talked a little bit about the kind of end of the unknown, the 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 long, uh, you know, the long ago voice that's calling her. But we do, you know, they're set off on this adventure um, to save Arendelle and discover what this voice is calling El- Elsa. And Anna's not willing to let her go off along her way by herself. And I and it's really sweet. We do get a, a lot of reveal around kind of what's outside of Arendelle yes. and what that world consists of. And it's a little bit, I mean, we knew because of the trailers that it was going to become this more kind of fantasy epic. The Enchanted but, Forest. Yeah. But it is kind of, yeah, they're bringing in these elements of these spirits. Mm. And um, I never, like, even when they've kind of brought in the idea of these spirits and it's the four, what, the four elements, right? Yeah, the air, water fire and wind i think and yeah something i think i got it right <laughs> uh, and so so when they do when they did that it instantly made me think of kind of what what they did with the airbender series oh yeah yeah hmm. you know because that was such a big part of that you know mythology yeah was there the, these different groups that kind of could they could harness one of the elements um and this was a similar kind of explanation as to what was going on um, but then I didn't really pick up until, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, because mm. I was trying to pinpoint the actual people were not magical. And they said that in the movie. That is correct. It was just the North They were just, they were just allowing the, the magic to happen around them. But there was like, there was a, uh, wind spirit. They never really had anything that that was, um, personified as. No, but we do get a part. But they had the fire thing that yeah. was like the little lizard. Yeah, a little salamander. Yeah, like a little cutie pie. The water spirit, I guess, was the water horse. Yes, the water horse. And then the earth was just the the giant monsters were kind of that. That was spirits that was doing that. I, I was trying to wrap my head around kind and of. And this is where spirit. this is where we get into the. It's there. It's a little more complicated. I, I need the Wikipedia entry for like. The because like I've I've seen it twice now, but you know it's been a month or so, and I don't remember <laughs> honestly. <laughs> uh, but they they do call them Earth spirits in the Wikipedia, which I just cheated and pulled up. So I think yeah, I think we've we've in a roundabout way come for, full circle on the representation okay. of these different spirits. Because I didn't really pick up on that even until the second viewing. But there's a fifth that, spirit, Aaron, one who will unite oh, the people. Is, yeah, the, the, which we call the Avatar in Airbender. <laughs> but <laughs> it was kind of like uh, yeah. Uh, it was something where I was like looking at it because I have watched the animated series of Avatar, the last airbender. And that, I mean, really the premise behind that was kind of similar in that there was this character who had already mastered one of the elements, which Elsa was one of those, you know, she had already mastered the, the ice side of things, which is water, which is part of water. Um, and it was the same thing in Avatar where he had this this kid who had already mastered the wind element, but he had to go and learn the other ones so he could be, you know, the, the bridge between all four. And I was and so when you're <laughs> when I'm getting the story of Elsa, I'm like, oh, OK, I've, you know, it, it's not a straight up ripoff. And they did it different enough that I, you know, I definitely think it was cool. But 
it did have some some very similar um, storytelling elements and themes. Yes, it did. Um, but I I pre it's I appreciated the fact that they didn't go too over the top to try to explain it all. Like I like the fact that you kind of have to figure it out because the eh, the general thing is like. At the end, there's a giant musical number that um, like takes you to the climactic moment that you realize Elsa's the spirit, and you don't really need to know the functions or details of who all the other spirits are, or their power, or what effect they have on the universe, or what role they had in the history. Like you can follow it generally, but if you want to dig into the Game of Thrones level, you know mythology behind the story, you can. And and you're right, that is something that I think they're trying to to build up towards. Um, but it, and also the other thing is dealing with all of these spirits and the enchanted forest and the, the, the fear element of something that's strange and frightening. If only there was some way for, uh, for, you know, young kids to be able to deal with these kinds of new emotions. That's all it is. Aaron will literally hang up if I go anywhere. I'll tell you what that was, Olaf. It was the worst Disney song ever created. I like anytime this, if I'm listening to this soundtrack, when this song comes up, I skip it. That's how much I don't like this song. But why? And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think the song is pointless. I think it has nothing to do with the story. Wow. And the idea of Olaf having to be like, you know, suddenly he's like this infantile you know child who doesn't know anything about the world like when since when like (laughs) he's got the most clever jokes and like kind of the you know he's he's not he's never been portrayed as this before Hmm. and the fact that he needs to like suddenly like oh when i'm older everything's gonna make sense it just it's a weird out of place song it sounds like one of those songs that they wrote and you know because there's a lot of songs that they write for these movies that don't make the cut yeah this sounds like one that just barely made it and mm. they maybe kind of were like, uh, yeah, like last second, like, yeah, we should probably put it in there. So Olaf has a song, <laughs> but it really doesn't make any sense. This, the movie would be fine without it. And Josh Gad is not a great singer. <gasps> How in dare the part you. that he's a Broadway <laughs> star, sir. Yeah. But not the same way as like, you know, people that are in Hamilton or Broadway stars. <laughs> Wow. He does comedic singing. He doesn't do. Yes, he does do it. Sing, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, no. Um, <laughs> nothing against the guy. He's very talented. But just mm. him as Olaf singing the song, and even the part where he has like that shrill scream mm-hmm. yep. that they just really drag out is <laughs> it's ear splitting. Like, why would I have my headphones on and want to hear that? Well, yeah. But. This is the most popular song of like the whole movie, basically. No, it's people not. People love no. People love no. Olaf. The kids into the unknown kid? is the most That's popular true. song. That's, That's what's true. in all the but ads. But you know, the kids li- li- listen in the both showings I was at. Absolutely, most popular scenes, most popular songs, as far as like kids' reactions. It's, oh, it's freaking Olaf. It's well, okay, but it's, that's, there's a reason why children aren't mu- musical critics. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love salty Aaron. It's uh, I you know I actually have to grant most of your criticisms are very fair. Um, I just love Olaf, so. <laughs> I say so I have a love hate relationship with Olaf because I think he's funny and I mm. I liked him in the first movie. I liked him in Olaf's Frozen Adventure upon multiple viewings. I didn't necessarily like it the first time I saw it, but 
I I think he's definitely a funny character, but he's one of those characters that's just one step mm. away from being annoying. Yeah. And sometimes they that take line. that step. So some of my favorite moments in this movie are Olaf and some of my least favorite moments in this movie are Olaf. He's, he's kind of right on that line. I, I do have to say the funniest scene in this entire movie is Olaf reenacting the original Frozen. 100% agree with you and was <laughs> laughing out loud. There's like just uproarious yeah. belly laughter in the theater. Her parents are dead. Yeah, that was the best part. Yeah. Now you did you stick around for the after credits? Uh, did we, uh, sweetie? Did we ever stick around after the credits? I don't think we did. Did we? Did we miss something? I think we must have missed something. There's an after credits scene. What? Yeah, he does a similar thing where he retells this the story of this movie to. Uh, marshmallow, oh. uh, the big the ice monster, and all the little, little <laughs> ice monsters that were created when Elsa sneezed. In oh, the other... I remember. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember it now. Um, okay, yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, Olaf. Yeah, he tell, he does. Well, it was kind of a. It's funny because when you know, spoiler alert. We're talking full spoilers. Oh, if yeah. people haven't figured that out yet, but when Olaf dies, quote unquote, dies mm-hmm. in the movie you don't really think about all the other things that Elsa created and them dying too, right? Like you don't, I wasn't thinking about Marshmallow. No, no, not poor Marshmallow. At all. Mm-mm. So it was kind of a cool little scene to add at the end to assure mm. us that not only Olaf was revived, but all of the other ice creatures that she had created also were revived. It is kind of sweet. Yeah, um, it was a nice little touch because I, I hadn't really thought about it. And I was like, oh, okay, it's good to know he's still around. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> I'm just torturing him right now. This is fine. This is fine. He's funny. He's funny. But you're right. <laughs> not a, not a, I'll tell you what that is. <laughs> it's in it, you're right. It's for the kids, you know, and I'm I'm not the I'm not going to be the target audience for, you know, that type of content, but yeah. my son absolutely loved it and oh. cracked up. So okay. that's really that's really what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Except it didn't move you at all because you're soulless. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got teary-eyed at a couple points in this movie, just not in that scene. Mm, yeah, like how like how Christoph will never be able to figure out how to propose. <laughs> My least favorite plot of the movie was the Christoph stuff. It with is. The, them trying to figure it. Like, it just felt a little weird. Um, even the fact that they just left him behind at, that, at one point. Mm-hmm. At the camp, you it's know, just, I was like, like he's literally, like he's ten just, steps away. Like, go just, get the guy. Just abandon him. Just forget. Just <laughs> literally, just forget your boyfriend and just walk away. Yeah. Just without. Well, and what's funny is I had um. I think I don't remember if I had I I closed out the tab. There was a review that I was reading right before we started that was like, what I really appreciated about the um, the the Kristoff character is that. While his and Anna's uh, romance and story is sidelined, it's intentional so because you know Kristoff learn it learns needs to learn uh, how to love and support Anna, uh, and and get past his own insecurities because those are on him. And I was like, the poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> My fiance has something to say. <laughs> no, I don't. But it was easily the worst part of the whole movie. Oh, okay. It was so stupid so, after the second time. 
it are is we very talking repetitive. about just his his subplot or like yeah. the song that he sings no no she's talking about the the, the plot which the plot is of where okay. one note it is i'm about to up oh, can't repose that's that's Kristoff's role in this movie he sidelined i like i like Kristoff as a character and i think that um the fact that they gave him more opportunities to sing was nice because he didn't really get to do that in the first movie Mm-hmm. And I did like his song. I thought his song was really funny. I just thought it felt more like a parody now, uh, that would that would kind of be like, oh, they they released this funny parody video of Ola, or of of him singing, um, of Kristoff singing, but not as like an actual movie song. Like it felt really out of mm. place. The '80s kind of it did, you know, kind of parody video. It was like a. It was like an SNL sketch more than it felt like a movie song. Yeah, especially when they have the uh, reindeer harmonizing basically as, um, yeah, you know, like 80s power ballad style. I I don't mind it as much. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it at all. I like that kind of music. Like, yeah. I grew up on that kind of music. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of, of Chicago and REO Speedwagon. And, mm, yeah. you know, that music before my time. I'm not that old. But... I just, for whatever reason, kind of found it when I was growing up. And so I enjoyed the music and the sound of it. I just yeah. thought it was a little out of place in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. For a Well, let's 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 cap it off. Um, the finale. Elsa discovers her true uh, purpose, or well, her true identity, I guess, in a way. But at the same time, there's that line of "Don't go too far." And what gets, I think, one of the best songs of the modern Disney era, "Show Yourself." Now, this the song I liked it the first time I watched it, but in my second viewing, <clears throat> that was the time when I really kind of recognized how well they it's a culmination of the entire plot bringing all of the uh, all the characters all the plots all the motivations and and specifically Elsa's the forces pulling at her uh, right into the the center of the um, of the movie what how do you how do you feel about this sort of final climax of the film I mean I really like this song I really think this is her best performance, like for my taste in music. Yeah. Um, out of all the songs that she sang, and and it goes well, kind of with um, when you add in the other, you know, her mom comes in and all of that, and mm. I thought it really worked really well. Mm. Yeah, it does because it it it's really, I love how it tied in with, with her mother and. <laughs> I mean, the, the lyrics literally show yourself who you are. It's embracing the voice, but also embracing her family and what that's come to mean to her. thing about Elsa in this movie there's a um there's a there's depth to her character more so than the first film there's a element of kindness towards Anna but also a refusal to 
kind of go with it, go with the flow, and just and settle down, which is consistent with who she is as a character. And you know, even though she's no longer forced to hide her powers, which is like the big part of the first film, she's still dealing with that tendency to isolate herself and and fight those battles alone. And her ability to embrace not just her power and you know her identity and her magic. It's also this film is almost as much about embracing her mother and her sister and I really liked that in some ways it's almost in some ways it's repetitive but it's a very different kind of twist on what the lessons of the first film are and for that I think that's the the greatest storytelling elements for her character and the the animation throughout was I thought the animation was amazing but this in this scene specifically kind of how they were animating it and showing all the different mm, elements yeah. that had happened throughout the movies and kind of as she was singing and discovering this stuff I thought it was really powerful yeah and and that's the thing this song brings the lullaby back it really closes the entire the book on where the north wind meets the sea there's a river full of memory that memory of her family and um, what they've meant to her yeah I'm just gonna let the song tell the story instead of me <laughs> That's the part right there. You'll hear it again. That that DSRA uh, right there. Only she's the one singing it. It's pretty. It's pretty brilliant. I'm glad you allowed me to make my uh, musically nerdy expression right there, um, Aaron. I appreciate <laughs> it. But hey, uh, man, we've we've really talked. I, I was we were talking about. Are there any other news stories or anything? Not, there's not really been a lot. Really, we the main thing was just we frozen. can't short change see because you're all about elsa in this movie yeah mm-hmm, that's true that is but true. i think anna is the true hero of the story mm. and yeah. i actually really liked her song mm. at the end which is oh. truly the, the last song that they they have in, the, in the movie yeah the next, um, right, the next thing. right thing yeah and i think because elsa you know it it to me, it is really a 50-50 type of story about sisters. I don't think it's like Elsa's story more than Anna's or, mm. or the other way around. And I think that they're both equally as important. But Anna's really doing all of the things that she has to do. And she doesn't have any powers. You know, she can't go run out into the ocean and create herself bridges and, you know, ride water horses. Like, she doesn't have this power. But she is faced with very dangerous situations and even gets and gets to a point where she's kind of like hopeless. Mm, um, where yeah. she, you know, Elsa has, you know, they're not together, so she doesn't know what's going on with Elsa, but Elsa has, you know, in this other place become frozen and essentially has, has died, you know, from Anna's perspective, which leads to Olaf dying. And then Anna's there all alone and kind of has to pick herself up and take that next step and do the next right thing, as the song says, and kind of, you know, from her perspective, she's finishing the story on her own mm. and, and not until the very end is she reunited with her sister and realizes that her sister did live and that Olaf is brought back. And I thought that was really powerful for that character to show 
that even though she mm. was in a situation where she could have fully given up, um, she pushed through that and, you know, went and got the rock giants and led them to the bridge and did, and did the whole thing without anyone else's help. Mm. Um, yeah. you know, until the very end. So I thought, and I thought this song here, you know, the, the, um, the next right thing song. I really like that performance from Kristen Bell as well. Mm, for sure. It is. She does have to kind of face face this on her own. And I'm glad that they gave her that chance. As much as we joked about kind of Kristoff being sidelined. It really does give her a chance to be in a situation where she's uncomfortable and, and forced to f- focus on herself and save the day herself without depending on, you know, all the magic and power of Elsa. And I, and I, I think in that way gives her ch- character a chance to shine in a way that she wouldn't have if that weren't the case. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about this movie getting, you know, kind of coming to digital and coming to Disney plus and mm. being able to kind of watch it a little bit more. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be a good one to kind of, even analyze a little bit more in the storytelling perspective. Mm. It's a, it's a lot stronger of a story than the first one was. I okay. I, you've come full circle, more or less. I like that. It, except it was the song. It was it was um it was when I'm when I'm older, wasn't it? <laughs> That's what did it for you the first time. No, it's a it's a good point because I think I um uh I I need to go back and rewatch the movie and kind of see Anna's role, focus more on Anna's story as well because my favorite. Probably because my favorite songs, <laughs> you know, and elements were, were related to Elsa's story. Uh, I'd kinda, I kind of, I kind of need to go back and revisit it because the next right thing wasn't a song that really jumped out to me. It wasn't my favorite, but um, I'm inter- I mean, you, you kind of convinced me. I want to go back and kind of revisit this story, looking at Anna's perspective. And that's what I think the advantage this movie has over the first one in kind of that we were talking about the dynamics of what we have gotten previously from these type of Disney movies Mm. and kind of the simplicity of those stories and how straightforward they were. And this is an attempt to kind of make a more complex Disney princess movie. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the first viewing for me was a little weird and off because I was kind of like, Oh, they're trying to do something that I'm not ready for. You know, I'm Mm. like, I don't know if I want them to start making these type of movies. Um, this is light fair that I like to kind of just come and have a good time. I don't want to think that hard, you know, um, but then upon v- viewing it again, it was almost like, okay, I'm starting to see the complex layers and yes. appreciating the story more for what it was. It's what this film does really well that a lot of Disney sequels fail to do, like historically speaking, um, which mm-hmm. is that historically they, they would just depend on the popularity of the characters and the original movie to just kind of build something that's feel good and familiar. Cars 2, you know, and 3, or <laughs> Return of Jafar, Jungle Book 2, you know, the era of Disney sequels when they had a pretty bad reputation. And this is definitely a departure from that. Yeah, we don't count the, the ones that weren't in the theater, though. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> Return of Jafar. I did, funny enough, I just watched that today. Wait, really? You're kidding. Because my son was looking at the menu on Disney Plus and he saw it and it was like, wait, what? There's another Aladdin movie? And I was like, well, eh, it's not really. Like, it's kind of doesn't really count. And he's like, I want to watch it. <laughs> and he liked it. He watched it. He liked it. But I, man, I hadn't seen that thing since 
you know, probably since uh, it came out back when I was, you know, 14. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I watched it again today and man, it, it <laughs> does. I mean, it's bad. It's yeah. really bad. The animation's bad. Everything <laughs> about it is bad. The story is horrible. It's, <laughs> there's nothing good about it. I was just like, wow, this is, I almost wish they didn't add these to Disney plus. Like I kind of want to forget these <laughs> exist. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's, there's a, there's a lot of cringy. There's some cringy Disney out there. Yeah. All right. We're going to wrap it up. That's going to, that's going to wrap up an episode. Another episode of Mouse and Castle. Uh, man, Aaron, thanks for uh, helping out. Man, I, it's a it's shaking the rust off here, um, but I'm excited to get back into a lot more episodes. We have more to talk about Disney Plus. We've been watching a lot of stuff there. I've got um, some thoughts on. Um, I watched this amazing documentary that we'll talk maybe more about on the next episode about the. Um, it's like Awakening Sleeping Beauty or Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's all about the um, the '90s comeback of the Disney Animation Studios. And uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and all that, you know, his era. It's fascinating stuff. So um, we'll talk more about that and, of course, all the future Disney news. Um, Aaron, you're planning my bachelor party at Disney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd say. That's, that's the current per, big project. your instructions. This, yeah. this was a. Uh, also, I did, Rise of Resist- I did Rise of Resistance um, oh, back man. in December. Can, see, I think we should wait and talk about Rise of Resistance yeah. until we've both ridden it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, because so, I kind of feel like that's a ride that, you know, you, there's a little bit of a spoilery element mm. and I kind of don't want to know. Yeah. No, there for yeah. sure. You don't. No, you don't. Uh, stay spoiler okay. free. Um, you were like this with um, Galaxy's Edge in general, but if there's anything you really don't want to see videos on or spoilers of, it's, it's Rise of Resistance for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Mr. Aaron we'll get Gowen. a chance to do that in February. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Coming End up. February. Yeah. Okay. Coming up real soon. So we'll, we'll, that'll be coming up soon on the podcast as well. Mr. Aaron Goins, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AV Goins, mm. and I do some other podcasts too. Nice. You search for my name on iTunes. Yes. Speak his name and he shall appear. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you can also find me. I'm at The Riley Guy on Twitter and Instagram. It's super easy to hang out and chat. Uh, the email is mouseandcastle at gmail.com. Mouseandcastlepodcast.com. That's where you'll find this episode and the links to everything we've been talking about. So make sure you do that. Uh, and then follow us. Um, oh yeah, and our Instagram is a great place to hang out at Mouse and Castle. Super easy like that. Until next time, guys, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of the Mouse and Castle Podcast. I thought you were going to say, and we'll see you when I am older. <laughs> that would have been so good. Why don't you do the, the sign-offs? You're so much better at <laughs> it. Because I like to hear you fumble. You do. and never get old.